Hey everybody, and welcome back to Infinity Watchers. I'm John, joined as always here by Jared, and we're bringing to you our thoughts on the first half of Hawkeye. So, Jared, with the holidays and all the other MCU releases that are, <laughs> you know, that have released in, in recent times and are upcoming, we've been a little tight on schedules, uh, just speaking solely yeah, a, about Marvel. You know, if you look it's at been our a personal very lives and everything, time of year. And professional lives, it's, it's hard to... Hard to keep up sometimes, but we still definitely want to make sure we're getting some shows out there to to give you our thoughts on what's going on in the MCU. So, so this week, we just, as I mentioned, we'll be going through our first our reactions to the the first three episodes of Hawkeye. They ever mentioned that we're consummate professionals on this show? <laughs> <laughs> our release schedule is like pristine, yep. perfect every week. It's, <laughs> we're we're the best in the business, people. Best in the business. Only getting better. That's what they say, you know. Yeah. Um, it only goes up from here. Only goes up. So, <laughs> um, so Jared, you know, given that, how have you been feeling about uh, Marvel Studios Hawkeye? Three episodes in. So, so uh, I got to take this episode by episode. All my thoughts on this. Just the first episode, I was actually, I wasn't disappointed. I, w- I was more frustrated with it, believe it or not, weirdly enough. Mm-hmm. Second episode, I loosened up a little bit, but was still kind of frustrated. And the third one, I'm actually, it's growing on me mm-hmm. now. Um, I think for the most part, what's frustrating me about this show is just the Kate Bishop character in general. Now, personally, I have no context for this character in the comics because I didn't have a chance to read Matt Fraction's My Life is a Weapon yet. Mm-hmm. But um, I understand, I mean, Fraction has a... Um, has a consulting producer credit on this show. It's obvious that they're taking that run and adapting it to the show. Um, so I don't have the context for how that character is supposed to act. I like I like the personality of the character. I like that she's very naive and doesn't know what she's doing and like stumbles over her feet constantly and thinks she knows what she's doing. I think my problem is just that it plays into this it, it it follows this weird trope and cliche of like the um, the child and step and stepfather having a, having a tense relationship with, with the uh, step parent mm-hmm. being a, a villain ends up playing out into the larger uh, story in general. And I, I think that's just what frustrates me is that it as interesting as a character as Kate Bishop is the story that she's in feels feels very cliche and and very tropish yeah i think that's a fair point and that honestly you know like from a comics perspective that's one of the things that they've deviated from in the fraction run um you know in kate's story in general it's less her stepfather and and her actual father that's more villainous um Mm -hmm. and at times her mother but it's a little more complicated there um so yeah, I, I can understand that. And I think Jack um, himself is kind of an interesting character in there. He's very uh, cartoony in the way that he's played mm-hmm. villainously <laughs> in this. Um, and I almost wonder at this point, you know, we we're at the midway point. Um, it, if it's a red herring, you know, I wouldn't put it past her mother being having more of a criminal role and her her stepdad is, is kind of... Uh, deflecting attention away from her mother by acting in that way um, mm-hmm. to kind of draw a suspicion towards him when to keep Kate's eyes off of her own mother. 
Um, and and even even her even her mother, uh, I can't think of her name right now. Vera but Farmiga. Even her mother, yeah, Vera Farmiga, but uh, the character's name, Eleanor. Um, Eleanor thank you. Um, I mean, I love Vera Farmiga and just and literally everything she's in. But I think I feel like she's phoning it in a little bit in this role. But even so, the choices for that character, I think, are a little off, too. And uh, going coming from where you're saying with the with the red herring, it, it's very well a possibility. I mean, Kate goes off to college and comes back and her mother's engaged, but her mother never said anything like, yeah, you would think if if. Kate's father dies. This is another problem I have with the show. I'm going to get back to it in a second here. Uh, if Kate's father dies in the Battle of New York, you would think that her and her mother would have a tighter relationship over the years, or at least start to bond, have a have a close bond over the years. I mean, it's possible they were they end up driving themselves apart, but at the beginning, like we see, they have a close relationship, and then once he dies, like. It jumps to her being in college, I, and all of a sudden they're they're distant. I mean, it's, you know? it's kind of close, but at the same time, it hinted that there were definitely problems, at least between their parents. Um, and mm-hmm. there was the specific scene in that in that flashback where they were trying to decide who would go to console Kate because you know she uh, she was up there, and they knew they had to you know have a chat with her. Um, mm-hmm. I can't remember exactly what it was about, but she said like. Eleanor said, who am I kidding? You go like, like the kid doesn't oh, really well, care maybe. for me. Like, you know, they never really maybe had that, right then. that great of a relationship. And, you know, there, it showed there was tension between their parents. So um, depending on how serious that tension was, maybe her mother just never spoke highly of her father and that rubbed Kate the wrong way. I think I think we're going to get a little bit more to that dynamic because they, they I kind of hope we they're do. hinting at a Could- much bigger role for Eleanor. Um, you know, there's that there was that conversation between her and Armand in the first episode in that back door where, where it seemed like she was taking a very strong stance with someone who is connected mm-hmm. to the criminal underworld like that. And he kind of directly hinted at um, uncle, I'm assuming. <laughs> uncle. Oh, boy. Uncle. Um, if, if that's not a cover, I don't. Yeah, I, that's it's almost too obvious. <laughs> so so it's it's kind of interesting. I mean. Um, I'm, I'm very curious to see where they take that. I do kind of agree that, you know, the villains that they've laid out so far, um, and I'm not really counting Maya Lopez and Echo as a villain yet, just because no. that it's going to be a, a turn <laughs> for her at some point yeah. in the series, at least to like an anti-hero or foil. Um, so I, I don't really consider her right now one of the, the main villains, but I, I do think the villains are kind of the, <clears throat> the weakest to this point, um. But I do. Yeah, I do I, expect I, that to change. I think that that's a that's a good point. Uh, that the villains are a big problem of it too. But I, my other major problem, and it's not a flaw, but just my thoughts, is that I'm getting frustrated <laughs> with the idea of we have to constantly tie everything back to the Battle of New York. Like I understand that's like the impetus of like what the rest of the MCU becomes. Yeah. But the fact that I get it, Hawkeye saves Kate from from a Chitari mm-hmm. uh, because he was coming after her in the apartment. Like, I feel like there's a more interesting way you can have her look up to him than just he saved her. Like, that just to me, we're just starting. It's not to say it's lazy writing, but it just starts to fall into more cliches and tropes of of the MCU that everything has to fall back to 2012. Yeah. 
and everything has to tie back to that first Avengers movie and has to be a constant reminder that it happened. But it, I, in, in that first episode, what I wanted to see was like some development for Kate and all the development I wanted to see was like titled over in the opening credits. Oh, when they did the animation of her, like when they when they animated basically. all of it. Like, I re- I almost wanted a whole episode of that. Yeah. Go- going back to the Battle of New York stuff, though, I think I think it's important because that is kind of Clint's big heroic moment that would have been captured on film. Like, I don't think anyone. Yeah. Had, not on film, but like a little girl would have seen <laughs> like there mm-hmm. weren't very many uh, heroic moments to capture in like Sokovia. Um <laughs> There sure weren't between Infinity War and Endgame, as we'll we'll kind of get to. No. Um, and I think it's important to establish their relationship as like she sees him through a very as idealistic a view yeah, of that's like true. a hero, and it was very clearly the heroic moment for him that she that she ended up seeing like the same heroic moment we saw in Avengers. Like mm-hmm. we saw it in slow motion, it looked really funny and just to happen in like real time for the most part, but. Um, I, I think it's important to kind of establish their dynamic and the way she looks mm-hmm. looks up to him and tells him he should be a hero because that's the way she views him. And it, I mean, there is a certain level of like convenience to it that that's the moment she happened to witness from him. <laughs> you know, the mo- but it is like his. I, I feel like you have to do it with kind of an iconic <laughs> moment that we would recognize. Otherwise, it that's like people would be like, oh that- well, why was he? In New York, on other occasions, why was he there to save her at that point? You know, like, yeah. People would just overanalyze it. As we're talking about this on a podcast, <laughs> get owns. <laughs> like, um, all right, let me let me just say, like, I, yeah, yeah, I yeah, love, you have a point though. I I've loved pretty much everything about the series. Like, I I can even kind okay. of look past what we've gotten from the villains okay. just because they focus so much on Clinton Kate. I think that's I love their chemistry to together. Yeah. yeah. And the villain we've yeah, they, seen the most of has probably in, the, in terms of like screen time been Echo to this point. Like if mm-hmm. I know I'm not considering her one of the villains, but she is a more compelling character than Eleanor oh, yeah. or Jack or anything. So right. I'm glad she's getting more focus over them. Um, so. So I, I just I don't know. I think the dynamic and the tone is something they're really nailing. And it's really interesting to see how much they've borrowed from that fraction run. Like even just the aesthetics, like the car chase scene is pretty much straight out of there. I think it's in reverse with Kate driving and Clint shooting, but um, very similar. The tracksuit mafia, they're they're called the tracksuit Draculas in the comics. (laughs) But they're I mean, they're always saying bro in the comic and like that's their whole (laughs) shtick in this one. Um, by the way, that, that Imagine Dragons line got me pretty good. That was pretty good. That, that was a really good one. Um, I just like that they're they're competent, but they're just like aloof. <laughs> and it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> I I really enjoyed that. It actually gives them like some some human elements, like they're actually they're actually people. Yeah. Like most of the time you see these these like mafia guys in, in these yeah, they're Marvel movies, DC movies, or movies or any movies in general. And they're like real serious and tough, but like these guys actually seem like they have a personality. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and they have they have like different personalities too. That's what I, I uh-huh. enjoy. Like they're all kind of like oddballs in their own weird way. I think the one um the one aspect that I'm probably not as impressed with so far outside of the car chase scene, um, and the the scene in like the KB Toys warehouse <laughs> 
is uh, is the action really? I, I think of the first two episodes, it maybe was a little bit weaker. Um, yeah, the third episode was just guns blazing. I, I thought that was all pretty great, um, but it wasn't a, not as um, engaging as I thought it would be. Um, but overall, it doesn't really affect too much of my enjoyment. Um, I, I think the first episode was probably the weakest just because you're spending mm-hmm. all that time establishing, you know, what, what Kate's mission is like, what's going on with Hawkeye right now, um, mm-hmm. and getting them together. So I think once they were together, it just seemed like it flew by every minute. Yeah. I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad the show is only six episodes because mm-hmm. I feel like if you draw this out anymore, it just turns into the problems that we had with the, with the Netflix mm-hmm. series of, just drawing out plot lines for for the sake of drawing out plot lines and filling out that yeah. thirteen episode quota. Um, I, I do like like how compact everything is in in these. Like, I mean, I know I've said my complaints about it. I do like this show. Don't get me wrong, but I I think compacting everything into a very short amount of time is is pretty efficient. I, I don't feel like anything's really wasted mm-hmm. here. It sets up enough intrigue and mystery that they keep referencing it and just enough to where it's not annoying. Yeah. Um, the one thing that I thought was interesting was uh, in that auction, the stuff they were auctioning off, the the Ronin outfit mm-hmm. and the Ronin sword. And then the the watch was a big one. I, I was wondering what the significance of that was or whose that might have been. I don't know. It sounds like it may come into play later. Yeah. And... Um... I don't know, like if you, it said Avengers Compound on it, so it came from the compound, but does that mean that it's like Stark Tech? Is it like... That's that's what I'm wondering. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would imagine they focused on it pretty hard, like through dialogue mm-hmm. and lingering shots. <laughs> so right. it has to be something. Maybe it most likely ties something back to Clint. Maybe there's some kind of Possibly. proof that he's Ronan in that, because that reckoning is is coming soon. I find it interesting that his wife knows about Ronan. He he, yeah. he just outright told told them about it. Probably him. had to confide in somebody because he felt really guilty once everyone came back and <laughs> he murdered people. Um, well, we see when those people didn't come back, yeah. we know what happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was that was kind of a shock where she goes, "Oh, is it about Ronan?" Mm-hmm. Oh, oh, you know. So we're not hiding it now. Yeah, I. I, I don't know why going into this, I thought like it was common knowledge that he was Ronan. And I was always confused by the trailers of this. Like, how is he able just to like live a normal life out in New York with his kids? But I guess it makes sense that no one would see, know. I, see, I assumed that nobody knew except for him. I thought um, because in the Black Widow post credit scene that um, Val had a picture of him. I was like, oh, well, that means someone else probably snagged a picture of him too. <laughs> and everyone... Everyone knows that it's Ronan, but I guess just through well, her spy he, means she knows. Well, in that post credit scene, was he in the Ronan getup or was he? Yes, I'm pretty okay. sure. Oh, wait, that episode is going to be coming up soon then, too, that Yelena. Because I think that will give them a convenient way to um, reveal his identity, you know? Yeah. Like if Yelena comes in chasing the Ronan down and, and reveals it to be Clint and. That could be, that's going to be really interesting because Kate kind of, I don't know if she suspects it. She's, she knows it's someone close to him. She's, she's picking up yeah, on it, I think. I think she's getting pretty in close. That, in, in that diner scene, 
I think that's where I thought she knew, but by the way they were talking even more about it, she's at least on the right trail. Yeah. She know she's she's in the ballpark of she can figure out mm-hmm. who it is. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely am surprised overall that the involvement of the Ronin aspect of the show like i didn't think it would be as central to the plot as it is like this huge um and it's cool that it's something we know and we're waiting to like you're waiting for the other shoe to drop like to see how kate's gonna react to see how mm-hmm. like what happens with the criminal underworld once that everyone finds out he was ronin because I, I think he's <laughs> i think he's gonna face the consequences of it like i i don't think i don't think he's gonna make it out of this easily <laughs> I was about to ask, and I've been wondering. I've been wondering this since I, I think since the second episode. Do, do you think he makes it out of this alive? I do. Okay, because they're they're really playing up that father child children angle. That yeah, but it's. I like, feel like it's really if once that shoe drops, it it's just gonna break. Yeah, I mean, I I understand. As tough it. as that it's is to like say the for foreshadowing with Tony and and game right. A little right. bit, but I, I just feel like the like, tone of this like does not seem like the tone of the show where Hawkeye dies. You know what I mean? <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, like Hawkeye's dead. They're setting it up as like, hey, this is going to be something you want to watch every Christmas. But like, I don't, I don't think, I think it undercuts so much of the tone if you know in the end that Clint dies. You know, <laughs> right. like I think it's more likely that he continues on but has like a cooler outfit <laughs> you know speaking of things they've like hit on a lot in this is you know him not looking like the comic iteration of hawkeye so oh my god i think you'll see a costume upgrade designed by kate by the end of this and i think <laughs> I, I really do think he makes it out because i think there's more i think there's a lot more potential of stories to tell between he and kate yeah i think so too and, and like i said before i really like their chemistry i, mm-hmm. I like that um I really like the especially between Jeremy Renner and Haley Steinfeld. Yeah. Like they they have this weird father daughter connection, even though like Clint's close with his kids. Yeah, um, it's not like he's looking for a daughter figure. Right. Like um, they still have this father daughter relationship. That actually interesting thinking about it in reverse that Kate does not have anymore. Yeah, that's so true. It's, he's filling in that role for mm-hmm. her. He she he doesn't need that for her from her. She needs that from him. Mm-hmm. So that is that's that's an interesting way of looking at yeah, it. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I hadn't thought of it like yeah, that. She, yeah, he can actually show her how to do what he does, even though she might not necessarily know the horrible, tragic things that he has done at this mm-hmm. point. Um, which I I don't know. I, I wish this isn't really anything on the show. This is just at Marvel in general. I wish we got more of the Ronin stuff because we literally just got like 30 seconds in Endgame mm-hmm. of Natasha confronting him about being Ronin, him admitting to yeah. it, and then that was it. Yeah, you got the one one scene with him taking out like the Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's... I, I, I kind of wish, like, I granted, I, they were going for a fun, light Christmas theme and, and more family-friendly tone with this. I almost want like a Logan-esque Ronin movie alone. I wouldn't be surprised just if that happens eventually. <laughs> go whole ho- just go whole hog on the idea of Clint being basically a serial killer, yeah. mm-hmm. hell-bent on revenge for four years, five years. Judge, jury, and then end. Yep. Yeah, and then end with Natasha showing up. Mm-hmm. So then we'd have some context for quite literally how bad the things were that he did. Yeah. 
I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if it does happen. I mean, we do get some pretty dark scenes with him taking out some of the tracksuits. Yeah. Presumably. I I almost wonder though like if you know, his impact is kind of minimized by there being like a false flag Ronin, like whether that's Jack or someone else that's like impersonating mm-hmm. him. Cuz I I it's going to be hard for Maya and Echo just speaking purely from a like we know she's eventually going to be more heroic <laughs> like mm-hmm. how would she overcome him killing her father <laughs> in like right. cold blood like going through and like he didn't really do anything personally to him <laughs> he just went and killed right him, who was just trying to kind of like make ends meet and probably tied up with a uncle you know <laughs> fist <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think we should just talk about the elephant in the room of... The old intent in the room. <laughs> <sighs> um, yeah, I mean, there's no definite confirmation, but it's it's almost like, it's almost in your face hard to miss that Wilson Fist is in the show. <laughs> um, I mean, when when Maya's at the dojo and, say, and her father comes over and says, well, uncle's going to take you home, and you see his hand, like, just hanging there. Yeah. You hear that that laugh, that little just, D'Onofrio you can, you laugh. You can tell like the posture from the way he's, his hands hanging. There. <laughs> I know, can't you? Right. Yes, you like can. I saw him walk up behind, and I'm like, "Oh, that's Fisk, huh? Yeah, yeah." <laughs> and then and then just the, like Maya. I don't know, he grabs her cheek, but it's like it, it's just the way Fisk the would way grab he, a cheek of a child. the way he does it. It's like it's too For obvious. Some, and it's, I don't think we've seen him touch a child's face, but I could just like that's how I would have pictured it. <laughs> I think like. I think in the uh, in the Daredevil series uh, with Vanessa, he might have maybe like like, yeah. like brushing her her face or something. Like it, it was pretty much the same. Yeah. And like it's little details like that. Yeah. Like, you know, kind of give it away, but like at the same. I mean, time, the laugh was a, a dead giveaway. It sounded just. <laughs> I, I had to watch it like four or five times to let it settle in my brain that that's what was probably happening. <laughs> <laughs> So that Uncle Fist is back. Yeah, I'm curious to see how much he's actually in this series. Like, is he the big bad? <laughs> I mean, he could be. This this could just be the reintroduction of him into the MCU. I yeah. don't I don't know if he'll be the big bad. I think the Tratsuit Mafia might have a bigger role than what I mean. They're obviously the villains at this mm-hmm. point. We don't really know much beyond that. But I mean, Jack and um Armand obviously like it obviously all ties together. I feel like Jack and Eleanor are probably have a bigger role in this yeah. than than Fist himself. They're almost like uh, proxies of Fist. Yeah, and story wise, it makes more sense, you know, to have them right, be the focus, for... and you know, they're they're the Vaders, and Fisk is the Emperor. <laughs> Essentially, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's that's not a bad. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know you're laughing, but that's not a bad comparison. Um, and. I mean, I I know I said I'm not a big fan of Vera Farmiga's performance in this. She's that she's phoning it in, phoning it in. I mean, she's arguably one of the best actors of her generation. <laughs> so like, I find it so hard to believe that they're gonna cast her and just kind of like just let her go by the wayside yeah. without giving her a lot of meat to chew mm-hmm. on. So I I don't think that's out of the realm of possibility that her and Jack who I. I don't, I can't remember his name, but it's a Dalton, but, um, he's a, I looked, he's like a huge Tony um, Dalton, Tony Dalton. Yeah. Thank yep. you. He's a pretty big uh, Spanish movie star mm. or so, or soap opera star. 
I think giving them a lot of screen time later on to like basically unpack everything, straighten it out will end up being to the show's advantage. Yeah, I think so too. And it's almost as if like, as they're revealing the information, that's when we see in like a flashback, them talking to fist or like, you just see the back of fists head. Yeah. That's all you need Mm -hmm. to like as confirmation that like, the chain pin is now in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's no getting around it. And I I know we're not doing news really anymore. I, I guess we should mention that that we're kind of cutting our news segment. We're just trying to kind of like we're gonna fo- we're gonna mention things. Kind of, um, we're not gonna focus on every news story, but as big things roll in, we will um, address it. And I guess I, while we're talking about it, since chain pins in, Daredevil's not far behind, and it was confirmed today as we're recording mm-hmm. that. Kevin Feige announced that Charlie Cox is back in the MCU as as Matt Murdock. Well, he said if Daredevil were to appear in the MCU, he will be played by Charlie Cox. If. So <laughs> uh, he was like, back. I watched the actual interview and he said, <laughs> um, you know, it remains to be seen when, where, how. And um, it was an interview with Amy Pascal was with him and she just kind of like oh laughed as he said that. Oh so, my God. I mean, there are a lot they of rumors so about him this. being in in uh no way home no way home so you know we'll see i i would imagine if that happens it's probably in the early parts of the movie which are screening to the press this week so they're probably afraid of that getting out um <laughs> which it, side side note away from hawkeye for a second aren't they only releasing like the first 40 to 45 minutes to the press yeah so if you okay, wanted to guess me... the point in the movie where um toby and andrew show up <laughs> 45 minutes it's at 46 <laughs> but i mean it, it i'm really excited to see d'onofrio back as as fisk i know you haven't I'm, finished daredevil season three um i'm in the middle of the beatles documentary like i said once once i'm done with i have an hour and a half left once i'm done with that i promise you that's the next thing i'm watching yeah, i'm going to have to i'm going to have to get to get back to that um, i'm curious to see what that means for the rest of the uh netflix characters um wouldn't mind seeing uh some of them back you know playing roles specifically i think kristen ritter's jessica jones would be really interesting i want to see almost all of them except for uh what's his his face finn jones come back i I just recast him at this point i think there's too much too many missed opportunities with that character and you and i had speculated about iron fist potentially showing up in the next shang chi movie and now that seems like a bigger possibility Especially because that Shang Chi and the Legend of Kun Lun, yeah, I like, mean that only made sense. Shang Chi was uh, the sequel was announced this week as well, uh, informally. Yeah, that Destin Daniel Cretton is coming back for for that and a Disney Plus series. So uh, I think anything's on the table at this point. <laughs> I mean, let him helm an Iron Fist Disney Plus series. Come on, oh yeah, that would be amazing. <laughs> That'd be fun. Yeah, um, but yeah, I think it is great to see. Um, I think it's great that. Marvel's finally acknowledging the uh, the Netflix series mm-hmm. in one way or another, even though in the past they haven't they've kind of shied away from it. Uh, and but yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where uh, where they take that character if they bring him into the next Spider-Man movies, which we know there's another trilogy coming at this point, mm-hmm. uh, at least another Tom Holland trilogy. Um if they made him like one of the vid bads of one of those movies, if see it's it's we, difficult because 
Kingpin, as he exists, as we know him to exist. Now, we don't know exactly the nature of this Kingpin. Is it exactly the one from Netflix series? Is it like, you know, just a, a kind of a soft reboot where they don't really reference the events of those? Um, we don't know exactly. Is his power no. level the same? I, I don't I don't know. But like, I, I just can't see him going up against like Spider-Man. <laughs> Like the kingpin of the comics is like, you know, that unnaturally massive, like weirdo that has like, you know, power <laughs> gems in his in his cane can yeah. shoot be- laser beams. Like it, it's that's you true. know, it's kind of uh, an interesting. I don't know. Meanwhile, the, the, the Daredevil series, he basically was just a mob boss, but but, but with had more, super more like physically imposing aspect to him. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you know, Daredevil is just Ooh. kind of a. Um, well, that just brought back the car door scene from yeah. for me. Oh, just thinking about that. Oh, my yep. God. <laughs> yeah, the car door scene was... Anyway. That was like his first scene in the show, wasn't it? One of mm-hmm. them. At least the first time we see him like actually beat on yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, overall, I'm just really excited. I love the idea of getting back to these street-level stories again, too, and having yeah. him be really the big threat that he should have been kind of in the Netflix series. I think he should have kind of been a, an overarching role across them and maybe the main villain of Defenders instead of focusing on the hand for that one. But it's almost like this series in general is to it's it's doing actually four things. It's doing four things. Um it's it's giving Clint an actual character arc that we're actually getting some development from from his previous life. Uh, as Ronan, it's introducing Kate and setting up her character and giving her a character arc. It's setting up Maya and Echo, mm-hmm. who we know is getting a series next year or in the next couple of years. And is she she's a big player in the Young Avengers, isn't she? No, or or just in in the MCU? Yeah, or just kind in, of in more on the street level. I mean, okay, yeah. There there are there have been sort of rumors that her show is going to serve as the kind of soft continuation of the daredevil story since she's so tied to kingpin and daredevil in the comics that like most of the cast would be returning for that that series so then um then it's also setting up this like street level mcu that we're getting Mm -hmm. because in the tv shows so far everything has been grander scale yeah wandavision has been uh breaking reality Falcon the Winter so- Falcon the Winter Soldier was setting up a new Captain America. Mm-hmm. Loki was just breaking the universe in general. Yep. Um, what if was a continuation of that idea, and then this is kind of like returning back to that street level. Um, I have two friends from college that <laughs> this is going to sound terrible, but <laughs> they uh, <clears throat> they break up MCU properties into hat and non-hat movies. Anything that is like mm. ultra military, or like, or like spy spies, or like, or grounded, like, um, grounded <laughs> is a hat movie okay. where like everybody wears hats, <laughs> and then like everything else is not a hat movie. So like Loki is definitely not a hat property. <laughs> so they they love the they they don't like to watch the hat stuff because it's start it's starting to get repetitive and gotcha. boring at at points. So they love the non-hat stuff. So they're excited for Love and Thunder. Uh-huh. And they're excited for the Nets of Guardians. So th- I think this fits pretty damn well into the hat category. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, with a few curveballs in there like the Pym era. Yeah. 
Yeah, that was a nice little touch. A nice little surprise to get a to get a Pym reference. That was really cool. I, I like the idea that Hank Pym is like developing tech for the Avengers now or something, or like whatever's mm-hmm. going on there, or has a good relationship with Clint for bringing him back to life. I don't know, <laughs> but it, it's <laughs> it's cool. That was a really really neat uh, trick. Very unexpected. I didn't see that coming yeah. at all. Like that was a really cool idea. I think that other than that and the Battle of New York, those are really the and the, obviously the Ronin stuff. Those are really the only like major like throw like references that we've gotten to the other entries. Yeah, there is. Um, this show hasn't been that reference heavy, and I'm happy for mm-hmm. that. I'm happy about that. No, and I, I think um, one of the bigger references they, I mean, I showed clips from the other films was talking about Clint's oh. hearing loss, which we didn't really touch on yet. But showing oh, no. that he like all the explosions like left him almost deaf, basically deaf. I I I like yeah. that. Just it, it it took me a while to realize like, why does he have a hearing aid, and then it just like started yeah. cutting to all, all the explosions that he was running. From. Yeah, and I think that that helps give the show like a nice unique identity because that's something you don't really see focused yeah. on a lot. And this, mm-hmm. I mean, that last episode was focused heavily on it between that and Maya. I mean, right? It was. I was really surprised. I was really surprised. No, I mean, I mean, we've gotten Makari already as the first um, deaf yeah. superhero in the MCU, but now we have, we're now getting, I think, a character who's a, I don't want to say more accessible, but feels a lot more grounded in the sense yeah. that not a it, we space we god. saw that not a god, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, but like we see this character like growing and like adjusting and adapting to this lifestyle that she has to learn to deal mm-hmm. with. And the fact that she outright says to Clint, like you, you rely too much on technology to, for, for what you, for what you need. Yeah. Cause of his hearing aid. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. That's another aspect lifted, uh, straight out of the fraction run. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. yeah. He's basically Is Maya deaf. in the, no, not Maya, but okay. Clint being like deaf. It's, it's kind of funny. Cause they did swap their roles a little bit. Like, like Clint's the one that has like a crummy apartment, like down on his luck loser. <laughs> they kind of, oh. I mean, Kate's not really that much down on her luck, like like Clint is in that series. But they, uh, they gave her the crummy apartment and the pizza dog this time. <laughs> <laughs> pizza dog's funny. It's a little weird. He just kind of shows up to to Kate and follows her. Yeah, around. but I, I can yeah. forgive it. I'll 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 take it, and I mean we're just we're just adding on to that pet Avengers <laughs> lineup in in the future. I mean we got Pizza Dog, we got Alligator Loki, yeah. we got what else have we gotten so far? We got Frog Thor. That's true. We're we're getting there. We're getting to that pet Avengers lineup Sparky. here soon. It we got Sparky. Had Sparky. So <laughs> so it's only a matter of time before that happens. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, overall, I'm really enjoying this show. Uh, even though I have some pretty major frustrations and gripes with it, I I can look past them for what the show mm-hmm. is and what it's setting up for the future. I I'm excited to see how this finishes and what we're getting out of it. Yeah, that's the biggest mystery to me. I, I don't know quite how this is going to go. <laughs> like I said before, I don't think Clint dies, but I also don't know what kind of consequences he's going to face as a result of Ronan. Like it just seems it's like almost a like, reckoning coming for him. And it's it, it, inevitable. The, like you're crawling towards it, but like what is that gonna be? 
yeah, the way they're playing up the family angle. Granted, it's a Christmas entry. Yeah, that's what it's I. A that's Christmas what makes movie. me like, question it at all. But like, but like, it's almost like he's not going home at some point. Yeah. Even even if it's like the FBI takes him in. Yeah, I mean, does he lose? Does he like you know the the consequences? He's like kind of arrested. The world turns on him, and you know the next team he has to join might be a covert team of more villainous people. Like the right. he could be the so, Rick Flag of the Thunderbolts. Oh, that's an interesting theory. Yeah, so I, I could it's see something like, like that. Needs him. Like he's, uh, you know, there's, like it's basically, you know, your the public's perception of you is shattered. You can never be an Avenger again. Like this whole, like you know what I mean. Like that, that would be huh. an interesting way to to give repercussions to it, but in a way that makes it's almost. Like maybe it's they show Rogers if... the musical, but they have him edited out. Like he like, gets canceled essentially. <laughs> <laughs> cancel culture strikes can... again. We're gonna cancel Clint Barton. <laughs> cancel culture strikes again. These millennials, I'll tell you. These damn millennials yeah. and their damn cancel culture. Anyway, I do I do like that idea of and I mean this is this is getting into speculation now. I do like that idea of this show is kind of Clint passing the mantle on to Kate and in a sense passing it on to Maya. Um but we're but then the public finds out who he is and he has to turn road in order to just live his life and possibly go back to his family. Yeah. Um and I think it's almost as if Val had that intention in mind when she sent Ooh, Yelena after him. That's interesting. Of I know, I know you want to kill this guy, but I don't think you can. I just need you to subdue to get him, there so to him. Can, yeah, yeah, so you can bring him into me. That's kind of interesting. Or, or even if even if you can subdue him, somebody else can bring him in, and I can get to him. Then. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's an interesting theory too, and I do think this is going to, you know, the because then if 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 we if we keep if and I'm assuming we're getting more Kate as Hawkeye in the future, yeah. it's almost as if then we have this tension between her and um her and Clint over over like what it means to be a hero, what it means to be an anti-hero, and like they they're good, they're a great foil to each other. Then. Yeah. Yeah, it would make for a really great thematic like viewpoint given their conversations at this point about her wanting to see him as a hero and, and I think it might like if she does do that and still kind of push past it and see him as a hero and still have that like idealistic view, I think it does a lot for her character too. I think to, so like, too. You know, cuz if you look at, you know, obviously setting up for the Young Avengers eventually and she seems like mm-hmm. the perfect character to want to go and try to found that team and try to seek right. out the other members and kind of play that fury role of pulling them together because of her idealistic view of Clint and the Avengers. Well, just in general, she's very idealistic. Yeah, right. And it may it she's Which she's is, almost like a Peter Parker type character, right? Yeah. Like kind of like goofy, <laughs> like like <laughs> like very much a like a kid she's more like a teenager than a 22 year old <laughs> you know yeah. but uh and it, it 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 plays really well <clears throat> and i think that's gonna you know, serve her character really well for future installments and appearances whatever whatever that may be yeah 
Yeah, I'm I'm really excited to see more of this character. I know we didn't get too much of Echo. I I liked all of the bad story with her father yeah. at this point. Um, I thought it was very touching and very heartbreaking when he died. Mm-hmm. That um, I'm curious to see what how that sets things up between her and Clint. And well, I mean, we know her and Ronan's relationship, but um, as you as you've speculated, how much of that was really Ronan and how much of it was a false flag Mm -hmm. for to make it look like Ronan killed uh, her father. Um, I mean, I know you had speculated off air that could have been fist that had planted that. I mean, I Mm -hmm. wouldn't put that out of the realm of possibility that fist sent a false Ronan in to kill his own goons. Yeah. For some, I mean, some yet to be revealed reason if that would happen, like it wouldn't happen just senselessly to set him up as a villain and absolve Clint. But I think no. I think it's a possibility because someone like Fisk in that position of power, assuming he didn't get snapped, we don't we don't know if he got blipped or anything yet, um, <clears throat> would try to use that, you know, the chaos of the Ronin going around to his advantage in some one way or another. And what a convenient like to have this murderous vigilante out there. What a convenient way to <laughs> to like take out some people that you suspected weren't loyal to you or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Could be, could be something like that, but honestly, who knows? Who knows? We didn't get Clint or Ronan and Maya never faced off in that scene, did they? No, he was jumping out the window as she okay. was running in. Yeah. yeah, no, she, yeah, she saw him in the in the house in the safe house, mm-hmm. but as like she was running in, he was jumping out the window. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could could be the case. It remains to be seen. Someone would have had to have Ronan gear or something similar enough. I mean, to me, it looked exact, but yeah, I, I don't know. It, it remains to be seen, I guess. See, there was the mention of Clint when he's talking to, to Mrs. Barton about, about what's going on in, in New York, and she asked if it was the tracksuit mafia again. So mm-hmm. obviously he has interacted with them in the past. Whether that means right. he went through and murdered a bunch of them, I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, he he's he's yeah he, he outright says he says at one point like, "Hey, nice to see you again, guys," or something like that. Like, yeah, they know who he is when they pick him up. <laughs> That's true too. So then it wouldn't have been in the Ronin gear like it. He confronted no. them as Clint at some point. So, sorry, I was writing this down at one point. I was thinking about this. So. For the Thunderbolts, we're getting. We're, I think I I I liked this idea a little bit more and more of Clint becoming like the Rick Flag character for this group because, I mean, if you think about it, it started off in Fountain Fountain and Winter Soldier mm-hmm. that Val recruited John as the Steve as the Steve Rogers type, the Super Soldier mm-hmm. type. We have Yelena recruited in Black Widow as the spy. And now we have Clint as the archer. <laughs> and yeah, so the archer in both teams. <laughs> pretty yeah. much, but that would give a this this <laughs> that probably gives Clint the most interesting arc he's ever been given. Oh, for sure. In the MCU 100%. to like have to have to turn on his old teammates or even on his old uh, mentee. Yeah, and I mean, there's the, no guarantee that the Thunderbolts clash with heroes, no. you know? They could fight worse threats than themselves, you know? Yeah, I just find it interesting. That's an interesting thought as I'm, like, writing down, like, 
comparisons that it, that this team is is or could be building in the background, and then all of a sudden we get a, a, a either a Young Avengers or like mm-hmm. West Coast Avengers versus a Thunderbolt or like yeah. all these all of these like tie-ins building up to mm-hmm. to face on a larger to take on a larger threat. Um, I mean, you don't get Julia Louise Dreyfus to come on to multiple. Yeah. entries unless you have something right in mind. and i think it's, um, it's not a it's not a mistake that the people that she's recruited so far just being john and yelena mm-hmm. are not you know inherently awful villains you no. know they're kind of uh misguided people you know john was kind of a, a trained killer kind of poisoned by the super soldier serum that he took mm-hmm. that not, you know, amplified those darker aspects of his personality. And then Yelena obviously is trained, brainwashed spy <laughs> who's, right. who's on her way out, you know? So I think, um, they're already setting that, also... that team up to be this more like of a ragtag group of anti-heroes that's being manipulated mm-hmm. by Val into more nefarious <laughs> purposes. And I think that leaves, Again, just assuming this happens, that leaves Clint's turn all the more heartbreaking that he he wants to do right. And we we know he wants to do right by his family and do good and protect his family. But at this point, at that point, once it becomes public, you might not be able to. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm liking that a little even more that it's possible that Yelena was sent to basically expose him. Did did she ask him? Did, did Val ask Elena specifically to kill him? I can't remember. I think. I thought so, too. But, but I'm just thinking there's an, an ulterior motive. Yeah, like Val knows that she wouldn't be able to actually kill Clint. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I do I do kind of wonder um, if that, you know, would be a good avenue to get more stories with clint and yelena interacting because there's a really great dynamic there and there's like shared trauma that i think you really? could explore a lot you know yeah yeah that's interesting and the fact that he can actually like explain he can actually give his side as to what mm-hmm. happened on vormir and i i like that aspect in the uh, in the musical where mm-hmm. he's like oh yeah pim wasn't there uh but uh but then it shows Natasha, and he's like, you could see the PTSD, T, PTSD just hit him. Mm-hmm. That that's not Nat. I I can't. I really like, like that moment too. To like turn mm-hmm. that joke musical, like that I thought would just be a gag into like something actually like pretty heartbreaking to watch. Yeah. Like, and then to tie it back to his hearing aid going, like he pulled his hearing aid out for that part, and I just, right. yeah, uh, I. Yeah, that that part got me pretty good. <laughs> yeah, not to mention the uh, the bathroom scene right afterward. <laughs> yeah, the fan Thanos coming up right. like right to the hero <laughs> right next to him. <laughs> you know, I usually don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's 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 odd because like we never really see Clint as like a, a known Avenger, but like people people recognize him obviously. Yeah, but even on like the the rogers poster like he's really tiny like all the way in the back like he's he's at least like a quarter of his character his shadow like on that poster is at least 
a quarter of the size of all the other ones and like way in the back. Like if you look at it, it's kind of funny, like to just amplify that feeling. But I think that's what makes the like, you know, the public turns on him at the end of this even stronger, though, because then it's like, man, if only someone would come up and ask me for my autograph now, like I would do give anything just to be back to that. Like, you know, Kate right. was right. Like I did have like something really special. And yeah. Oh, man. Right. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> it could be really, a really powerful arc for Clinton. A really awesome place to, you know, pick up from once this ends. Damn! If they if they stick the landing with that hole, that's gonna there's I, that's gonna I shoot this to the top of the series. It could rankings. be it could be difficult to pull off because I think you have to yeah you have to keep him safe <clears throat> from all the criminals that are gonna want to kill him in some way. At the same time, though, he would have the thunderbolts behind him. Oh, I'm like, you know I'm just thinking about they, it. You know what they could do though is frame Jack for it in the end. It's some yeah. in some way. But I, I feel like there has to be like Clint taking responsibility for that though. You know, in some way. Like whether he, maybe he just puts that on himself and he's kind of doing that now, like putting it on himself and he doesn't see himself as a hero because of it. But I don't know. It's it's going to be interesting to see where this one goes. I'm I'm definitely excited. I'm curious to see. What happens next? I feel like most of the action set pieces we've seen have been in the uh, um, from the trailer have already happened. So I think there's a lot left for us to see here, particularly. I mean, we are going to get some of Wilson Fisk. We're getting Yelena at some point. Mm -hmm. I think there was a promo that went up for the second half of the season that showed someone in almost like Splinter Cell, like Tom Clancy type gear. (laughs) And I'm assuming is Yelena. Um, So, yeah, we'll see. It's going to be. It's going to be a ride. I think it'll be fun one way or another. Fun Christmas so, romp. I was about to ask. So, what do you think of the whole Christmas aspect of this? I like it. I think it's. I think it's unique. It's a fun tone. Yeah. Um, I thought it was going to be a little too gimmicky at first, but like it, it, it actually plays into the whole. The whole. Um, it actually plays into Clint's character a lot more than I expected yeah. it to. Like the the scene of them at the Chinese restaurant and he uh he goes okay well what what are your favorite things to do and they name them off like that actually sets up a pretty good timeline of like where how far they are away from Christmas and and that gives him like yeah a deadline it, 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 like, of when time of when things series. need to be like we have to get everything right. resolved in six days so I can be home by Christmas like it's it's like a, <laughs> yeah uh huh it's a regular Christmas movie yeah and <laughs> and it gives like the the interactions with his kids. Uh, it makes a it so much, yeah, so much more like weighty because he's missing out on this critical time with his family. That right you know, is this the first Christmas he's had with them since the blip? I don't probably I would imagine, but yeah, he's missing out on that, and it's you know it's hard to to watch that, and you can see kind of the pain on his face when he's talking to them. So it it definitely adds a lot. It's not gimmicky, <laughs> like it's not just a it's no. not just a they painted it over with Christmas colors. Like it's, it's very integral. It actually plays the, into the story yeah, quite a bit. Right. In a really and, positive way. <laughs> it's funny. Cause I, uh, when I pitch or when I heard it was going to be like Christmas themed, I just pictured the, uh, the meme of like the guy standing behind the tree with it, with his hands rubbing <laughs> together and just see Shane, Shane Black's face over him. <laughs> Wait, you'd say Christmas, you'd say, but um, this is more of a, but, a Christmas series than Iron Man three is a Christmas movie. That's for it it is it truly is <laughs> but uh there 
I say that jokingly, but in all seriousness, like Shane Black literally sets everything around Christmas. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I watch the nice guys every year <laughs> as one of my Christmas movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and uh, I still have to watch lethal weapon, but anyway, um, it, it one, it, it does a couple things. First of all, it gives you this nice color palette to play with yeah. in, in your, in your lighting steams. And it, it putting, white against those green red colors and some of those bright yellows like it, it everything pops all of a sudden looks really attractive mm-hmm. and good another thing it does is character wise i guess i should back up here the idea of christmas like yeah it's a re- in traditional terms it's a religious holiday but it's come to mean have like a, a more familial meaning to it of like it, it is a family related holiday mm-hmm. so now that you take this person and you've already said this i'm just trying to give it some depth now that you take this person out of their familial element at a very pivotal point in like in the year it does make it all the more heartbreaking that he has to spend this time alone mm-hmm. and any interactions he has with his kids or even his wife are a lot harder i'd, I'd even say the same for kate being that she really doesn't have that close of a relationship with her parents. Right. So like, she's alone in this too. Like she was going to come home from college and hang out at her apartment for a few weeks before going back. Yeah, exactly. And Maya doesn't have a father anymore. So she just has the, she just has the tracksuit mafia and presumably uncle, AKA fist yeah. as we can presume taking care of her. So we don't know that relationship that well, but family Dom Toretto speaking here family <laughs> plays a pretty important part in the series. Yeah. Um, and that, that Christmas element really doubles down on that. Yeah, idea. I never, I, I didn't think of it like that until, until you put it that way, because it really is like setting it at Christmas really highlights all of the loss that they're feeling. <laughs> right. Like, it I makes mean, it Shane, Shane Black says Christmas, to be honest, Shane, Shane Blatt sets all of his movies at Christmas for a re- for a similar mm-hmm. reason. Um, Lethal Weapon, I know that like Rids spends most of his time by himself, like in his mm-hmm. trailer, like on Christmas. Like it, it actually hurts to see that character yeah. by himself because like we've all like come to know it as like being a time. It's a time where you get to spend with your family for either a day or a week or wh- whatever time. Yeah, whatever holiday you celebrate if you celebrate a holiday yeah, and even back to the um, mcu like tony's separated and off by himself and lost for mm-hmm. at christmas <laughs> right so so it it does have a bigger element than just we're painting the town red and green and it's to sell broadway tickets every year thanksgiving um it does actually have a very emotional impact mm-hmm. if it's done correctly and i think the show is doing it very yeah. well it's not overly obnoxious with mm-hmm. it the little touches of like putting christmas music in like during the car chase i think we're we're just we're just cutesy enough to yeah. where it's not overbearing it was, it was the line like they found the line and it was like perfect yeah. sweet spot and then that yeah they they didn't play for the entire scene they knew when to cut it out like it yeah. worked really well when they were just doing kind of the the rotating one shot thing um, right so so I guess um do you have any other any other large thoughts? I think I'm pretty pretty well said. I do have one question to leave you with though, Jared. Let's see what And what's that? 
do we get a full length Rogers the Musical on Disney Plus? <laughs> I was actually thinking the same thing. <laughs> I mean, they. I think we I don't will. think so. You don't? You think so? I, do. I think the. I think it's gonna become memey, <laughs> and it, they're going to make it's it. It's a me- and it's gonna it be bad to. <laughs> in a bad way. I think it'll. Well, be... did they release the whole? They released the whole song, didn't they? I don't know. The, which or at the, least the whole scene. Maybe. There's the the musical cue where Cap sings, "I could do this all day." <laughs> uh-huh. I just love that. Good stuff. <laughs> but I I think it would be tired for a full thing. I don't. I don't think it'd be very enjoyable. But I honestly, it, would be... it wouldn't be too much effort to really put together like a thirty minute musical on that. <laughs> like, just make it like it doesn't have to be like this huge theatrical. But for Disney. I get throw something together, I, or 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 you want to get cynical, especially this time of year. Do you really want to get cynical? Mm. They're gonna put it at the Avengers campus. Oh no, a live show! <laughs> oh my god! Would you put it past Disney to put it on either one of their cruise ships or at no, one of the parks? I wouldn't. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's probably <laughs> now that probably a good now place the cynicism's been thrown out. <laughs> I think that is a good place to wrap. So we'll be um for Hawkeye because of time constraints and other episodes we have in the cooker. <laughs> we're going yeah. to hold off on our our thoughts uh, for the back half of the season once the season's finished. So yep, we'll be we'll be back with um, some additional Spider-Man shows leading up to No Way Home. Um, we'll be covering No Way Home in its entirety in just a few weeks. We're so close to the release of that. I can't wait. I know. Um, but yeah, you know, catch us wherever wherever you get your podcast normally. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at the uh, links in the show notes. And thank you for listening. As always, for Jared, I'm John, and we will see you next time.